Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good night. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. To the ghosts out in the hall, the pain I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you are listening to VoiceAmericaVariety.com and World Talk Radio. Uh, coming up in this hour is Don Lemon. Don Lemon, as you know, is a well-recognized face in, uh, on television, anchor position at CNN, and he's also now recognized for his groundbreaking announcement that he is gay. He's also author of a new book called Transparent, which is a memoir about never giving up in spite of life's adversities, and he is living proof of this. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning, Don. Hey, it's great to be on. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, good morning. Well, okay, we're going to talk about your book, Transparent, but I also want to focus on your announcement that you made, what, several weeks ago that you are gay. Um, And I'm in New York, so we just passed the Gay Marriage Act, which I'm very happy about, and I'm going to one of my first weddings of friends who've been together for 18 years and now can get married. So I feel like I'm about to have therapy, like <laughs> I'm going to lay on the couch and then you're going to talk to me and, I'm, and then afterwards I'm going to learn a whole bunch about myself. All right, I'm not yeah. even going to do therapy. I'm just going to ask you a couple <laughs> simple questions. All it's right. got to be great for, for you know, proponents of same-sex marriage and for people who are, you know, have been together for such a long time to be yeah. able to finally tie the knot. I was covering it and we aired the... Um, the um, marriage of um, Michael Bloomberg's longtime staff members. And, I mean, all of the people who had been on, who, had, who got married that day, had been together like 20, 30 years. It was just, just amazing. It is amazing. And I have several friends in that position who have been together, one for 25 years. And this wow. particular, actually, I'm going to this party tonight. I got him a bottle of Dom Perignon for uh, a celebration. So. <laughs> well, that's fancy. Yeah, it is I'm fancy. Have a wedding I'm excited to do about that. it. But Don, oh, Don, all right, you you just came out, and uh, so why now? Why did you decide to do? Why did you decide to come out now? And and was this just something that was public, or I mean that your friends knew, or you know? Tell well, us Catherine, you- it was something I was never I, since my twenties. I would say I hadn't been fully in the closet. You know, I was out among certain people, certain family, friends, and my immediate family. I didn't talk to my extended family a lot about it, like cousins or whatever. But then some people sort of figured it out, and it was this thing that you really didn't talk about, publicly at least. And, you know, in the workplace, I'd talk about it to people I had a personal connection with. Otherwise, you just really didn't. It's sort of this hush-hush, quiet thing that you had to whisper about. And then I was writing a book. Someone approached me to write a book, and I, you know, I, I got to the point where, well... I'm going to write a book and about my life, then I, how can I leave that part out? It would be disingenuous. 
so I, you know, I left it in, and and um, that's it. I just said the words. It's not that I was, you know, making this big bold thing that I'm coming out of the closet, and I didn't know until I was 45 that I was gay or whatever. I kept it hidden. It's just that I didn't acknowledge it publicly. Yeah. When did you first? And that's, I guess, that's going to be my first question. This is not on the couch question, but at what point did you realize that you were gay? I mean, I've you're 45 known. years old. I've always known since I was a kid. And that's weird for people to understand. I, I think people don't, because uh, because heterosexuality is, you know, quote the way society puts it, so normal, right? That you don't think about it. You know that you have crushes on girls or boys or of the opposite sex. And I just knew that I had crushes on boys. And it's funny. I was on a panel with Wanda Sykes, a comedian, the other day, and she said the same thing. She said, "I've always known. I knew that I had crushes on little girls." And she said, "I knew that in some way because of how our society was that it was wrong." So I've always known. But uh, kids don't sexualize it. It's not a sexualized thing because you don't really know. You just know that you are drawn to people of the same sex. And I've since I, I write in the book, transparent, since I was knee high to a duck. I've known that I was gay, and I really have. And so what about your family? Because you knew you were gay. You knew, you know, when you're younger, as you say, you've known from the very beginning you're attracted to the people of the uh, same sex, and then you go through puberty. And then what happens? And, I mean, did you, were you able to talk to your family about it? Did you have to keep it a secret? Did you no, feel I bad, ashamed? No, this was the 70s and, and, and the 80s, you know, my coming of age. I was born in 1966, but... No, it's definitely not something you talk to your family about. And, and, you know, people would suspect some people or, you know, they'd make fun of people or if you did something that wasn't, they didn't deem to be boyish enough, they'd call you a sissy or a fag or all those things. But, um, no, you di- I didn't keep it. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my mom until I was 30 years old. But I bet your mom knew. She said that she had heard that, you know, from other people and other people had told her that, but she didn't believe it. I think that deep down she knew, but she was just in denial. I mean, how could she not know? She would ask me, you know, this is a sort of stereotypical, you know, homosexuality, but she would ask me, what looks better, this dress or this dress, or how should I do my, and I'd always tell her. And so, <laughs> I'm like, well, you're stereotyping you know? yourself, that you, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that she was in denial. I think that, I think that parents know. My dad certainly did, and he was my stepdad. He goes, listen, I've, I know that. And my mom was, you know, sort of had her head buried in the sand. But how difficult for, was it for you? Because uh, I think that's probably the most, I mean, that's the part that, uh, you know, I think this could be really helpful, especially to, to other young people who are in the process of, uh, you know. Yeah. Of, well, know, what, I mean, one of the reasons yeah. I put it in there, I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I yeah. left it in there was because of Tyler Clementi, you know, the Rutgers University student. Yes, I, I could do. have pulled it out at any point. Because in the book, it's not like, you know, it's not some huge revelation. I kind of write about it matter-of-factly as a way, you know, I, I de- dealt with it in my life. So the book is dedicated to him, and that was the reason I decided to leave it, and he was a deciding factor when that happened. But um, it, it was very difficult. It was very difficult to tell my mom. It was one of the hardest things I, I, I did, I've done. And just getting, you know, just having those words, forcing those words to come out of your mouth, and her sort of pushing me because I was dealing with, i just broken up with my first boyfriend, and I was, you know, depressed. You know, affairs of the heart, man, they're tough, right? They're very tough, yeah. yeah. And so she said, you're not, you, you're not the Don I know. What's going on? Why are you so sad? And I was living in New York, and she's in Louisiana. And I said, well, you know, there's certain things I can't talk to you about. And then she, you know, just this went on for a couple of weeks, and she said, listen, I'm your mother. You can talk to me about anything. 
And um, I said, well, I'm upset about my relationship. And she said, what? And I said, with my relationship with John ended. She said, what kind of relationship? And I just started crying. I said, he was my boyfriend. Ah! And that was it. And she was very strong in the beginning, and she helped me through it. And it was funny because once I told her, I was like, I told my mother, it's all fine. You know, and then my life changed. There was another evolution in my life after just telling my mother. Yeah, because then, I think what it does is when your mother does it, when you can't talk of the stuff that's, the, you know, the elephant in the room and you can't talk about it, it really sets up a barrier between, and it sounds like you were or are close to your mother and your stepfather, but it's it's just, you know, if you can't talk about who you are and who your relationships are with, then there's like this huge wall, isn't there, in terms of trying to, being able to, to get close to someone, like your mother, for instance? Yeah, it is a huge wall. I mean, because certainty, now I fully am engaged and share 100% of my life with my mother. I mean, you know, besides, I share as much of my life as, as heterosexual people do. You know, your parents don't need to know what you do in your bedroom. When you get older, you know, you can talk to your parents about things. Your mom, I'm sure, helps her daughter out with things like, well, honey, try this, or maybe you need a teddy, or, you know, you need some sort of negligee or whatever. Yeah. That's normal because when you're an adult, you have a different relationship with your, with your parents, right? Right. Um, and I remember when that clicked. I think that clicked when I, when I told my mom I was gay. I, I, I established a, an adult relationship with my mother. And so, um, yeah, you're not fully there, and you're not being fully true, and, and you're not engaging because you're keeping a big secret. And if the other person, if, the, if your family wants the life for you that they want, then that's not real. That's not reality. They have to want the, want the life for you that you want. So what kind of a suggestion, what kind of advice would you give to kids who are in that position, who, who are, I mean, things have changed since, you know, the 80s also, I think, and, and obviously going in a good direction, but uh, kids who know they're gay, um, you know, want to, obviously, to, to tell their parents, mother, father, any suggestions for them in terms of coming out, or is it just an individual, unique kind of situation for each person? Well, I always say if you feel comfortable. Right, and if you feel safe, because not everybody's safe and comfortable. I don't know your your particular environment, but I do think that if once you do, there's always it's it's always liberating for anyone to be able to walk in their own truth and live their own truth is always liberating. And my advice would be to just be true and who to who you are. And if you're in a position where you're questioning or you are wanting to come out or what have you, just know. That you know, I know it's a cliche, and I know it's a big campaign now, but it does get better. And there are people like me who are out and proud, and who are who are successful, and who have made it, and who have gone through trials and tribulations. And when you're when you're a child, when you're in your adolescence, you think the entire world revolves around you, or the entire world is just in your 14, 15 years on the planet, or eight, nine, ten. And I'm 45 now, and I thought that I would not survive you know, become after 13, then after 15, then after 16. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I would just say, just hold on. Don't ever harm yourself. Reach out to someone who you can, um, you can trust and talk to that person. But then ultimately, once you become, once you are comfortable enough and safe enough to walk in your own truth, I would say that everyone should do it. It's truly liberating. Yeah, I mean, that's great advice. And I think, in my experience, the kids that I know who are in the process of coming out, the most difficult people for them to tell usually is their parents, which is yeah. interesting. And usually, I mean, I'm, I know I'm generalizing, but they will often tell, you know, friends, that's the easiest, it seems. 
and, and maybe siblings. I don't know, you know, and and then the parents are kind of the the last to be told, not necessarily the last to know. Well, right. Well, you know, it's. I think it's mostly generational. I'd say the majority of the time it's generational. Younger people, it doesn't really matter so much because number one, when you're you're not you're not taught bigotry or prejudice. It's something that you that is kind of that's environmental that you learn growing up. Um, and it's funny. I was just talking about this with with my barber. You know, he was he. My barber is black, and he was you know best friends with this white guy in, in elementary school, and they would share lunches and, and swap lunches and all those things. And he said he grew up and he saw him at, um, in a Walmart store not long ago, and he said the guy was like, "Well, I don't really hang out with black people now." And so it's just weird. It's like you know he grew up as a kid and didn't know that, and then because of the environment, he was sort of taught that. So I think when it comes to homosexuality and even racism. It's sort of number one generational, I hope, but it's also taught. So um, I would think that it is easier to tell your your friends and your peers because they don't really know, you know. And many of them are struggling in in different ways with different things about skin, and they have got acne, or they're maybe overweight, or one's too skinny. And for them, that it's all the same thing, you know. Yeah, but I think what's important is when someone like you, a celebrity. And I mean, uh, I but that. you are a celebrity, and you're out there, and you're a journalist, and you're on CNN, and and so I mean, you really do act as a role model. I mean, I think it's really important um, for uh, individuals like yourself to, to come out and to be open, because I really think that makes a difference and helps so many people. I mean, and many of these young people who are struggling with their identity now. Well. I agree with you. I think that, you know, I say if there had been people like me who had chosen to just be honest about it, that it wouldn't have taken me 45 years to just say the words publicly. But I think the more people who are in high-profile positions and the more people who are, you know, who can make a difference, the more they come out, the better. Because, again, I mean, it's their safety in numbers. And I think that the, the more people who see, oh, well, look, the lawyer, that guy is gay, or the guy, the anchor on television, or the television reporter, or the school teacher, or whomever is gay, and they live a normal life, then it just becomes, you know, it, it becomes less important that we, we, you know, have to make a declaration someday that, oh, my gosh, I'm gay. But it just becomes, people start putting less importance on the fact that someone is gay, meaning different. And it's just, hey... That's, you know, Ms. Jones. She lives with her girlfriend next door, and they have a 14-year-old kid. What's the big deal? Not a big deal at all. No, and it, it just takes the mystery out of everything, I think, is what you're saying. There's nothing mysterious about it. And like you say, my neighbor, my friends, my um, my relatives, my son, my daughter, and, um, yeah, I think it's really important to make it, um, is commonplace the right word? Yeah, but you know what? You know who? This is really funny. You know who has the most questions since I have come out? And I've, you know, I, I, I call myself the United Nations. I have friends from from all different backgrounds, heterosexual, or whatever. But straight people, have, straight guys, ask me. They'll have a couple beers and they'll say, uh-huh. "So tell me about this." <laughs> <laughs> and I start and I go, "Okay." Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then all of a sudden, like, they're, you know, they become my best friend. And they're like, well, I just need, I want to know, how does that work? I, I'm not gay or anything. I'm like, I don't think you are. But, yeah, go ahead. You can ask me any question you want. And we just kind of laugh about it because they're like little puppy dogs. Like, well, then I, I've never really known anybody who was openly gay. So tell me, how does this work? And what happens here? And what do you do? Oh, dude, okay, all right, I get it. You know what I mean? I do, but it's interesting. So it's straight men who are, like, the most curious, who have all the questions. You got it. <laughs> you got it. And, and I just, I, it happens every single time. Like I go to, I have my, you know, my little neighborhood restaurant that I go to, my little neighborhood watering hole that I go to where everybody goes, oh, Don, hey, you want a beer or whatever. And then just, you know, someone or one of my friends will bring their brothers in or their cousins or their coworkers and they go, oh, you're the guy that came out. And then it becomes a topic of conversation. And then the guy's talking in my ear all night and asking me questions and everybody around him is laughing. And, it's cool. It's not I a big see, deal. You've become more popular since you came out, it sounds like. Well, I think uh, people appreciate truth. I think yeah. people appreciate honesty. And even though, like you said, there's a mystery and there's a, this, it has this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It has this thing that where you're people like, oh, my gosh. It, it, there's even a stigma, right, about it. And it's always that about something other or something that you don't know about. But once you start to ask questions and you realize, well, that's not that much different or that, that's not at all different than how I live my life as a heterosexual. And so, and so then they get it. And I'm like, well, it's not necessarily about sex. It is when, it's, when it is, but it's really just about who you want to spend your life with and who you feel more comfortable with. And so, and it's, well, everybody doesn't have to know who you sleep with. And I say, well, people don't really know what I, who I sleep with or what I do in the bedroom. By saying I'm gay, I'm not telling you that. I'm not, you will never know that. I said, by you talking about your family and talking about your girlfriend or this hot chick that you want to go out with, you're not telling me what you do in your bedroom. You're just sharing a piece of your life as a human being, and that's all I'm doing with you. And then they, and then it clicks. Yeah, I mean, you're sharing your relationships, who you spend time with, who you love, who you want to be with. Yeah. But yeah. what about, Don, were there any, I guess, two questions, any anticipated negative repercussions, and did they happen? Or It doesn't sound like there were any, as you know, as we've been talking, but have there been any that, that, that you know, that have you know, negative reactions that, that you've had to deal with since you came out? Yeah, well, there were the anticipated ones that, um, you know, mostly I just thought, you know what, the church is going to come get me <laughs> <laughs> or come after me. And they have it a little, a little bit, but it's, every, it's sort of things that you expect, and it's very step, stereotypical sort of reaction to it. I mean, my aunt, who's very religious, said, oh, my gosh, why does Don have to share his personal business? you know, for the world, and there are plenty of churches in Atlanta he can go to to be helped and cured. And so you, and then I said, well, that's why I wrote the book. You know, that was part of the reason I, I chose to leave that in the book, because of that sort of ignorance. I love my aunt to death, but she's ignorant. And she is, you know, she's pretty small-minded. And I think that I, you know, I have challenged her in the last couple of months to think about her beliefs when it comes to those issues and when it comes to um, matters of, of, of spiritual matters to think about them instead of just accepting them because it is said that it has to be that way. And so by telling her that, you know, and pointing out to her that the same sort of teachings have been used to promote slavery, to subjugate women, to 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 keep children in bondage and all kinds of things, women. And then, and then she, it, she, she doesn't get it right away, but it starts to click. 
and well, every little bit I think helps. With her, I mean, I think your aunt, unfortunately, obviously is not unique, and there are a lot of people out there who who think like that, and uh, so you know, I think it's important to acknowledge that they think like that, and then how do we change those kinds of attitudes? Well, I think it's, it's, it, is imp- it is important to acknowledge it, but I don't want to insult someone about their beliefs, right? But in your beliefs, you have to allow people to have the same rights and freedoms as you do, and, and part of the main part of, of your beliefs, most people's beliefs, uh, stems from non-judgment. You know, <laughs> judge not lest ye be not judged. So I think that I think that as long as you have that sort of attitude about it, then it's okay. But the moment you start to um, discriminate against someone because of who they are, then that that is not right. You can you can believe what you want, but as long as you're respectful and then you understand that everyone on earth deserves the same rights as everybody else, then I think that's fine. I respect your beliefs, but you cannot start discriminating against people or using language and tactics that are going to force young people to kill themselves or to harm themselves or to think something's wrong with them. That's not okay. I mean, that's very well said. And um, it sounds like perhaps in your case it was only this one aunt who or aunt who had this reaction because of her religious beliefs. But uh, is that the only negative repercussion? Well, no. I mean, you can get on. All you have to do is go on online and read the blogs. But here's the thing that people people didn't like me before. There were some people who didn't like me before I said that I was gay. You're never going to have 100% of the time people aren't going to like you. I mean, people didn't like Jesus, right? People didn't like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. But, um, you know, you just have to walk in your own truth and believe in yourself and, and just, as they say, do the right thing. So I know that people aren't going to like me, but what I'm saying is the truth. And, and it is an objective truth, not just from something that somebody told me or is handed down to me that I just said, okay, because it's always been that way or because if you don't believe that, then you're going to go to a bad place. No, that's not where that comes from. That comes from a lifetime of therapy and of talking and working it out and, and having a brain and going, oh, huh, okay, things aren't as literal as, as I've made them out to be. And so really it just comes from, I think, time on the planet, which is wisdom. And um, so some people don't get that wisdom for a very long time, but yeah. Yeah, well, I think one of the things that you mentioned, and this is really, and we, you've said it several times, but seeking the truth. If you seek the truth, yeah. you can't, you really can't go wrong. I mean, as painful as it might be, as difficult as it might be, but it's the truth. It's, and, and if you're always avoiding the truth and you're using up energy to do that, and you don't have energy for the positive stuff, and, and so it, it really takes a toll physically and emotionally, I think. So, well, denial say, is amazing. I mean, it, it is amazing. <laughs> as long as you seek the truth and if you let it, that be your compass, then you'll be fine. And instead of magic or wishing, wishful thinking or wanting to be able to pray something away or what have you, that's, you know, that's not the truth of it. The truth of it is that we are all human beings. We're all created the way we're created. Some of us are fat. Some of us are thin. Some of us have red hair. Some of us have brown hair. Some of us are black. Some of us are Indian. Some of us are straight. And some of us are gay. And some are bisexual. And some are transgender. I mean, that's just how it is. You know, getting into, and, and I, I 
do work with a lot of young people in uh, um, a Pride Center here in New York City, and I think one of the most difficult things, and we're coming towards the end of the interview, so I probably shouldn't bring this up, but uh, a difficult struggle is for these transgendered uh, young people, and I think that's a whole new area or, or that uh, has to be addressed. Yeah, I think it does, too. I was at a, something for the NAACP, and the interesting thing, though, is where do you where do you find acceptance as a transgendered person? Because not all transgendered person people are gay, and so do, do they really fit into the homosexual community? Or like, what is you know what are they? And they're trying to find their way and who they fit in with. And and I think the LGBT community is trying to figure that out as well. But the thing is, is that we are all part of the same community that has to work with each other. We're all part of the same race, which is a human race, right? Right. So we all have to figure it out, but I think that that is, I think you're exactly, absolutely right. And that's going to be, that's going to be a tough one because when you, if you are gay or lesbian and you pretty much look like a man or look like a woman, but when you start to challenge, you know, gender identity and gender roles, that really throws people off their game, right? Yeah, I mean, it gets people very confused. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, so it, that's, yeah, it, it's, it's a difficult situation, I guess, but one that I think you will have to begin, and I think I kind of want to leave with this, but I want to talk about, I think it's really important to educate young people. I mean, I think it's always important to start with the young people in terms of changing attitudes and, um, and you know, um, I don't know if you you work specifically with young people, but um, I think in terms of helping them to um, see when we're talking about, well, transgendered, but also the uh, gay and lesbian uh, students and um, and especially in the school systems and working with teachers so that we don't have this institutionalized kind of uh, racism. Yeah, it's, it's really institutionalized ism, right, or phobia. Yeah, phobia. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. So I, um, you know, I think it's I think it's kind of, the thing for me is that our schools, it's tough that schools are struggling right now, and they do we, I mean, can our schools be all things to all people? In a perfect world, yes. But sometimes I think we put too big a burden on the teachers, and it's things that should be taught at home. I mean, ultimately, we are, we are each responsible for our own children, right? At the end of the day, it's not the teacher. I mean, when you, when you send your kid off to school, yes, the teacher's responsible. But, for, but I think there's a balance. I think that it's important. I agree with you. I mean, it, it all probably it emanates from your home and your own parents. But I think this, I think teachers and I think principals can take responsibility, particularly in the area of bullying. Yes, absolutely. Listen, I think I think teachers should have should have an understanding. It should be school should be a place where there's acceptance. But you can't expect a one person who's in charge of thirty students or 30 little people, when you're at home, you know how tough it is to be to have one kid, right, and follow that kid around and know what that kid is doing. So I just, I just think that ultimately it comes from the home. It starts from the home and it ends in the home. And so kids emulate their parents and adults, and so what you do and what you teach in your home, they're going to take that away to school. If they don't see it in their home, it's not taught to them in their home, at least bigotry or racist or prejudice or phobia, whatever, then how will they even know to do it among peers? And when it happens among peers, they'll be uncomfortable with it. And they'll go, what is this? I don't understand it. I've never seen this before. And then if they repeat that behavior from their peers when they come home to you, then you can say, ah, stop it. No. 
So I think that, yes, there has to be a balance, but ultimately I think it's all parental responsibility. Yeah. Well, it's been great talking to you today, and I just want to make sure that everybody knows, obviously, your book, Transparent. They can go online, buy it at bookstores everywhere, Amazon.com. Uh, but, Don, any other information or is there any website that you have that we can go to that would, you know, maybe t- uh, continue? Well, I'm going to get DonLemon.com up. It's up now, but it's not, it doesn't, there's nothing on it about the book. So uh, I think in, in like two weeks it will be available. But I would just say to read the book because there's much more in there just about being gay. I mean, that's probably the smallest topic that. And it also deals with, with my abuse as a child. But it also talks about prejudice. Um, and the black box, I call it, about how African Americans see each other, and how and about how whites see African Americans. Um, there's a lot of things in there, and, and there's a lot about colorism and pigmentocracy. And people read it and go, "Oh my gosh, I never knew about this. I thought your book was just about being gay, but it was a pleasant surprise because it's not just about that." Okay. Well, we chose. Well, we had to choose one topic today. Oh, that's, that's so right. right. So we want uh, lis- listeners to go read the book because, as you say, there's just a lot of other topics that you that you cover. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Great talking to you. Have a great day. You too. Don Lemon, anchor at CNN and author of Transparent. You've been listening to The Catherine Zock Show. I'm your social worker with a microphone on voiceamericavariety.com and World World Talk Radio. Have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Zock Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. 